get hello and welcome to movie theater time machines lobby and we are here today i've run into my new friend bennett yellen the creator the original visionary of a great <laughs> local story of dumb and dumber who has yeah. today to be able to talk about some stories and uh, hopefully share some good stories about the process Man, this is going to be a lot of fun, man. Thank you very much for joining us at Movie Theater Time Machine. Hey, you, it's, a, it's a pleasure. First of all, do you remember where we ran into each other? Do I remember <laughs> where we were? Yeah, it was between the cheese nacho drip and the hot dogs, right? Exactly, exactly. That's right. Okay, That's right. okay. I'm Late just... at night at 7-Eleven. So there yeah, you go. No, I was trying to relish that point. Uh, <laughs> and the relish. We were right next to the relish. Right, yeah. Yeah, that weird dude who wanted Slurpees. It really was weird. <laughs> <laughs> so, man, I got to say, Bennett, man, this is one of those that I, our show, I mean, we are New England through and through. So, I mean, this is, you know, knowing when I first heard about Dumb and Dumber, I mean, this was going way, way back. You know, when you first, when it first was released in the 90s, I'm like, okay, it's a Rhode Island story. <laughs> yeah. I had to see it no matter what. Like, yeah. I had to, no matter what happened. Not only was I laughing my damn ass off the entire time. Yeah. I want to first start with a question I don't think anyone has ever asked because we're a nostalgic movie podcast. Oh, good. Good. Okay. A fresh one. A freshie. Yeah. Hit me. The names Harold, Harry, and Lloyd. Yeah. Is that inspired by the by is that inspired by the silent film actor Harry Lloyd? Well, the answer is no, it was not intentional, but on, on the other hand, you know how some so many things are, are subconscious and and, and I, I don't think that I think that may have been so certainly I mean I, I think we were all we all knew who Harold Lloyd was, but we had a friend named Harry Dunn who's a writer and we just, we love that name for, for, for one of the characters. And Lloyd came out because, you know, we wanted, I can't remember how even Lloyd, I don't even remember how he came up with Lloyd exactly, but we, we wanted him to be Lloyd Christmas because if he married, if he got his fantasy and he married Mary, she would be Mary Christmas. And, and, and that was, that was very intentional, but no, it, it was, it, we, we weren't thinking like, oh, you know, Harold Lloyd, uh, you know, and, and in fact, in fact, uh, the relationship between Harry and Lloyd is very much, I'm going to say this and you're going to go like, oh, my God, of course. And, and I've never read it in any article on the movie. So this is to me like, how can people not see this? It's, it's, a, it's a road movie. They are very much based on uh, Hope and Crosby and the Road 2 movies. You know, so first of all, Road 2 movies, Dumb and Dumb right. was a Road 2 movie, right? The relationship Hope and Crosby had in the movie was always they felt for the same girl and they would backstab each other together. That was from the very beginning intentional on our part. So it wasn't Harold Lloyd. It was really uh, Hope and Crosby. I know you're stunned. If people, if people could see Nick's jaw, it, is, it, it goes below the frame. <laughs> Right, like, yeah. I mean, yeah. Think about it. Yeah, think about it. The I only know, thing that's missing are musical numbers. Yeah. I mean, and Dorothy Lamore. It's missing Dorothy. Well, there's yeah. Dorothy Lamore was her. It was uh, what's now, the lovely girl's name? Yeah. With the writing process, how that happened? Like, is it intentional that it started? I mean, you said uh, you know a little bit off mic that you were. Uh, you went to UMass Amherst, which yes. is far away from where we record. Now, is was it intentional that it's in Providence? Yeah, you know, I don't know. I mean, Peter and Bobby are from Providence. They're from Cumberland, Rhode Island. The Fairly and, Brothers, yeah. Yeah, Fairly Brothers. Yeah. And so right from the very beginning, we were like, oh, let's just set it there, only because they, they know it so well. I remember we were actually writing the script at uh, – their parents lived, had a little cottage in, uh, not Hyannis, but, oh gosh, near the Cape, right near the Cape. Yeah. And so we, we rented a little cottage and that's where we were writing it one summer. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, it, it just, it was, it, 
kind of seemed just organic that they would say, let's, let's, let's start them in, in Rhode Island and get them to, you know, Aspen, which was actually Cumberland, or not Cumberland, uh, Breckenridge, Colorado. No, we, never, we never shot. Yeah. No, that, um, yeah. Now I'm curious through that, like how did the process go? Like this is one of the big things that I always, like it always gets in my mind. When you start a road trip story, I mean, it's like, would you want somebody who always wanted to go to Aspen, Colorado, or was it just like, hey, let's kind of see where it ends, and then it ended up in Aspen? Uh, that's a good question. I think there, there's a, there's an element of this that you don't know about that I'm going to tell you about. My gosh, okay. I, I, I can't say that this is a, what's it called, like a, a news like uh, whatever that word is when you have the yeah, yeah scoop i can't yeah. say it's a scoop because we probably mentioned this before but yeah. the original person who was involved with dumb and dumber was actually john hughes and we came in and pitched him dumb and dumber he had a deal at universal at the time and we pitched him dumb and dumber and he loved it and he said i love this you guys this is hysterical. And we had the whole plot worked out uh, and I know I'm, I'm kind of, have, I, I will, I will circle back around. To okay. Question. You do, you do your thing, man. Um, I'm here. I'm just enjoying the ride. <laughs> and, <laughs> uh, he said, by the way, you write the script. And if you, if I like it, I will, uh, I'll let you direct it. We were like, yeah, okay, great. So we went away and we wrote it. We came back and we handed it into him and he thought it was very funny. But what, what generally happens is, a director, writer, directors, they get production deals at studios and then the deal ends because they maybe they didn't make any movies or whatever, but it runs out and then they get a better deal somewhere else. And his deal at Universal ended. And so he left Universal while we were, as we handed in uh, Dumb and Dumber to him and he went over oh. to Fox and, and he went and wrote Home Alone for Fox, which had to really pissed off Universal, I imagine. Right. If only he had written it for Universal. And so, um, and what happens typically is when a director leaves one production deal and goes to another studio, all the stuff that they develop kind of falls into a crevasse, just kind of disappears. And no studio wants to pick up a, a script developed by another studio. They just don't, you know, I mean, either, yeah. either they, they figure, well, there, there must've been a reason why they didn't develop it, or they don't want like, a, it, it's just, it doesn't happen very often, you know. Uh, so we waited a few years and we always knew that the script was funny. I mean, he, I remember he laughed hard at the script. He thought it was hilarious. But and so we went back to him uh, a few years later, probably like three, four, four or five years later. And we said, hey, if, can we take Dumb and Dumb around and try and set it up? And he said very graciously, yeah, you can't. But just you can't use my name. Like you can't attach me to it. You can't say I'm the producer. You can't, you know, I, 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 you can't use my name at all. If you do, you have to pay me a million bucks. So yeah. you're like, well, we're going to save a million bucks right now. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. And no one will ever know, John. And that was the way it was. Uh, and, and it was true. I mean, we never mentioned it up to a certain point. But recently we just started, you know, talking about how he was sort of the person who in some ways initiated the project. Uh, so we kind of, so it, it, we owe it to John. Really, I mean, uh, he got this thing started, and uh, and as far as as far as a, you know, what, what's great about when you structure a, a screenplay, a comedy, or anything, I imagine that's a road movie. What's great is there is you you have an absolute form that you can hew to. They start out, they've yeah. got an adventure, and they arrive, and they get to where they're going, and then some shit happens, and it's right. it's a really strong spine to hang a lot of whatever you want on it. And that's right, really, yeah. that's really what we did. I mean, we, we knew we had this, this structure that we could hang whatever we wanted on. And, 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 and as you can see, we, Pete and Bobby are, at least when we were working together and, and I've noticed it in other movies of theirs, they, they would, they, we'd sit down and before we write a script, Pete would have, Pete's really great when he goes to, he, he's a great, he's a great listener. He's like like a good like a, go, a good writer should and ought to be. He yeah. listens, and, and he's such a social, wonderful social person. When he goes to a party, or whatever, he hears what people are saying, and he would constantly write down lines, take down notes. Like he has notebooks full of this stuff. 
And so before a project, he'd pull some notebooks out, he'd go through them and he'd say, what about this line? What about that line? And we write them down and and they'd be jokes too. And and jokes that I'd come up with or Bobby had come up with just arbitrary jokes. And we put them down. They say, okay, let's put this, let's put this in, let's put that in. And they became sort of like, they're the vegetables in the stew of the movie, you know, and that's, and so we would often write to those jokes in order to, to weave them into the plot. I mean, so the plot went in the direction it went in order to accommodate those jokes. I mean, like, like, where in, a, in any movie would the idea of somebody getting a, a turbo laxative and then taking a crap in a broken toilet, I, where, who would come up with that? I mean, it's, it's like how arbitrary, if you really want to examine it, how arbitrary, the, the, the quote genius, and I am, please, Nick, tell everybody I'm making air quotes when I say no, he is doing air quotes, folks. Thank you. Yeah. The genius is integrating it in a way where it seems organic. You know, and, and so <laughs> I honestly think it. I just I I believe when we first talked over the phone a couple of weeks back, I think I told you this story. I was in Mexico and I got really super <laughs> sick. Yeah, I, I got so get sick. in line. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. I got yeah. really super sick. We're in this sort of nice hotel. And these maids were hanging around and they're helping and they're kind of like, I got so sick. I messed up the bathroom real badly. The maid quit. <laughs> I don't remember you. <laughs> like, she walked in and I, goes, oh, I, but no. This, she, this is a, I, I, I have, I yeah. have had to. No, this is no, it. This, this yeah. is that line. This is the hill I'm going to die on. The, the hill whole She's yeah. not speaking any English at all. We're speaking broken Spanish. And we're, you know, when I did run into her, she was okay. She walked in and goes, no, fuck it. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, uh, every time I thought of that, I'm just like, I'm embarrassed a bit. I cleaned myself up. I'm walking out of there. And all I could think of was Harry on the toilet. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, Jeff, Jeff Daniels told us that, because uh, <laughs> Jeff Daniels, was cast in a Clint Eastwood movie after Dumb and Dumber because right. Clint Eastwood had seen Dumb and Dumber and loved it so much and loved Jeff in it. And he told Jeff, he said, that happened to me. He said, <laughs> uh, that, that exact thing happened to me on a date. And we were like, I, and boy, let me tell you, I mean, to know that Clint Eastwood, A, thought your movie was funny. I mean, but then B, like, like for a very specific Eastwood-esque reason was, delightful <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just picturing that going yeah. oh no i know right or, yeah like what what you could see his face you know and, and you can uh, go like, <laughs> like as the camera <laughs> dollies in on his face <laughs> there's something that's wrong <laughs> get off my bowl yeah <laughs> um <laughs> but so so when we were constructing it, we we felt really confident about the spine. It's it's, it's a great right. feeling. I mean, there's nothing better than writing a script where you know where you're going. Now a lot right. of times you True. don't, and that creates right. that 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 leaves it, it creates all sorts of unexpected solutions that that you didn't see in, in the process. But it also creates a lot of anxiety because you're you're still like where am I going? Where am I going? But to actually yeah. know, you know that's why outlining scripts and, and, and again, you can change it too, but knowing where you're going is a big, a big help. No, it really is. That's a really good answer then. It's a really cool story. Wow. Yeah. I don't, not good. That's, that's a really cool story too. It was me. I would say meandering slightly, but that's no, okay. I'm, I'm with you, man. <laughs> that's, that's what we're doing here. Our show too. We get, we get meandering. We get to a point somewhere. There's a review in there. <laughs> the, no. mea- the meandering hour with nick <laughs> yeah that is pretty much it you know yeah. <laughs> i think what we used to call the show was like it was called the uh, sidetrack the movie review oh that's good you know, i like it's, that it's yeah so it's like okay we get sidetracked somewhere there's yeah here. let's roll with it i like that i mean some of the jokes that i see like when you're thinking about when i think about some of the things with um Harry and Lloyd in general, like, how did it come up where I got to ask, like, 
in later movies, you find out that her, uh, I can't remember if it was, I think it was Lloyd, where he found his parents. It was a Korean family down the street. Yes. Yeah. I lived yeah. right down the street. Yeah. Just, like, just a bike right away. <laughs> and when I saw that, I saw that and I, I lost it in <laughs> laughing. And I thought that was one of the most genius bits that are just like, besides, there's another one down the road from Dumb and Dumber 2 that I think is funny as hell. Like, I, I still think it's utter genius. Ah, thank like, you. It, you know, it, it to me, but like, you got to see it because when Dumb and Dumber, the first one came out, I mean, I was 10 and this is a meandering thing a bit, but... <laughs> I was 10 years old when it came out. I'm laughing my head off. And I've always told people, I, humor-wise, I've never really grown past 12. <laughs> yes. So, so, I mean, I'm always there. So, it's like, what is my age? I don't really know. <laughs> humor-wise, I'm still there. So, when I was in my late 20s, or I think I was about 30 when it came out, I'm still laughing just as hard. You know? You know, you, what, what you're saying is I, I, I don't mean, I don't want to interrupt you. So, keep okay. going, but I'll, I'll, I'll come up. I want to, but you know, when we did the second one, when we did Dumb and Dumber 2, um, we had such a blast doing it. We had so much fun, yeah. so much fun writing it. Yeah. Uh, and I think what happens is because you can't, you can make a movie and you can put it out there and it can be, it can do well or it could fail or whatever. But one thing that you can't, that, that you can't predict with them and you can't even predict those things necessarily uh, as like William Goldman famously said, nobody knows anything. And that's really still the truth. But is, even yeah. if it's a hit and, and think of all the movies that have been hits there, there are not a lot of movies that end up sort of becoming going into the zeitgeist or, or, or right. that, 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 that become True. cult hits. You can't, True. you cannot make a cult hit. A cult hit makes is made from, you know, it, it happens. It's sort of, from the you know and so dumb and dumber is as popular you. as i'm sorry what were you saying a cult hit makes you yeah or no a cult hit makes itself it, it, oh, it yeah. sort of it 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 can't be created by i mean it, it has to take it's it's like even there have been many movies that have been that weren't necessarily successful when they came out that became cult hits right you know? uh right. but it that, that that's it's time is a huge element of that and so i think that what Dumb and Dumber became really popular because like kids so, in a certain age, you know, with that age range that it was aimed at, that PG 13, you know, 10 to 14. Yep. And, and then they, they took it, they loved it as kids. So they continued to love it throughout their life. Then they became some, they may be parents. And so they became parents and they sort of, it, it's like an inheritance. They gave it to their kids. And, and so that kind of thing, you can't, control it, it just it just happens it's very it's very lucky and we and so i think people took the movie the way that they integrated it over the years how it became this this cult hit it, it becomes very personal your relationship with those two guys is very personal and when dumb two came out we got a lot of negative and hostile feedback from people who would say i don't believe that harry and lloyd would act like that and that the Boy, they they don't understand those characters, the ones that we created <laughs> originally. That right. we don't understand the characters and how they operate. <laughs> and it, and really, it, it was more that people just had such a a, a a kind of intimate personal relationship that the second movie maybe didn't resonate with them, or you know, it was twenty years later, and and I, things yeah. change. You know, the yeah. senses of humor change and things like that. So there was a lot of there was a lot of pushback from people fans of the first who were very disappointed with the second and i i thought the second was so much fun we had so much fun making it and i and i you know so it's nice when somebody who likes the first also likes the second but that's not it's not everybody it, it's absolutely not and i i get that and i mean even right from the beginning where lloyd is doing a giant <laughs> like I need to spoil a little bit about it, but I mean, if you haven't seen it, see that. But like, where Lloyd has been in an asylum for twenty years and does yeah. a got your joke to Harry and says he got the whole thing. Like, wait, you did this for twenty years? That is awesome! Like, I, that's 
Like, how brilliant was that as a segue? We thought but, it was funny too. And, oh and my were, God. I mean, and I was just like, I, I, I went into it stone cold. I, we watched the first movie. We're like, okay, we get this. And I'm like, okay, I'm getting warmed up. I got this. And then went in not watching any preview. No oh, good. That's great. Because the previews gave away, gave away the opening. Got right into it. I'm like, okay. I'm like, that is brilliant. <laughs> that is brilliant. And I do I, ask, what are the questions did come up? Um, you wrote it with the Farrelly brothers. And did you have... Did you particularly have Jeff Daniels and Jim Carrey in mind, or did they just fold into the role and it was like a matter of uh, where like heaven and earth met and it was the perfect casting in your mind? Do you mean uh, on, on the first one? On the, on the first, yeah. Yeah, on the first, yeah. Yeah. Um, no, we did not, we certainly didn't, not at all when we were writing it, yeah. not at all. Once they were cast, we, we sat down with, and then we sat down with Jim and said, what would you like us to put in there? Like, are the things you want us to put in and all that stuff? And I'm like, I'm really, we really just knew him from In Living Color. And at the time that he accepted it and everything, he had shot the mask, but uh, it hadn't come out yet. But yeah. we, uh, we also knew, we just knew him from that. And in the, in the, the Jim Carrey, I mean, he'd done a few other things even before In Living Color, yeah, like the vampire movie. And, yeah, yeah. But, but, he was at that point like you know a, a rising star because of uh yeah. ace ventura which and right. i remember i saw the day i was meeting him for the first time i saw ace ventura earlier that day and i'm like i stumbled out of there going what the like i i like is he gonna be is he gonna be doing he's he's extreme in every second of ace yeah. ventura his yeah. face is like he's mm. and i'm like is he gonna be doing that in this because that i don't that's not what i how i see lloyd First thing he said, he opened the door. I mean, like he said, okay, I want to just reassure you. I am not doing Ace Ventura, you know, in this Good, movie. yeah. I said, I thought to myself, oh, thank God. And then I remember he he had just gotten, this was back in the VHS days. So we're talking like 1993. Yeah. Or, yeah, he'd just gotten a, a VHS tape of, of a, the first scene with the special effects completed from the mask. The big first scene where he puts on the mask and he's in a hallway and, and, and all hell breaks loose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, he said, guys, guys, you got to see this. And he put it on. And I remember I got chills. I saw it. I said, that's going to be a hit. That's going to yeah. be a hit. And we are right behind him on that. It was. Kinda, yeah. I, I had chills when I just saw yeah. that tape because it was so spectacular. I'd never seen anything like it. You know, a human cartoon. Yeah. Uh, and we were so lucky to be, you know, we had three movies that year and we were the, we were the third one at the end of the year and uh, we were just in the right place. I remember going to see when uh, Ace, when The Mask came out, there was a trailer for, uh, because The Mask was a uh, new line yep. and there's a trailer for Dumb and Dumber attached to The Mask. And I would go to theaters where The Mask was playing and watch the trailer for Dumb and Dumber. And I just, and again, like, Nobody knows anything. You can't. But I had, honestly, the hair rose on my. I said, "We're we're we're going to be a hit. This is going to be a hit." I mean, yeah. and that and the screenings we'd have screenings, you know, to edit it, and and it just people would be roaring. I mean, so I I felt I felt ridiculously confident that we were going to be a hit. But but I mean, you can't. You can never predict it. You know. Yeah. But we yeah. And it must have been an amazing relief to know that your thoughts initially that when you first started putting this together and then, you know, like, okay, this is working. Oh, it's amazing. It's it's just, you know, and, and not, and, and not just that, but don't forget that, that Peter, they direct, they they really directed together, Peter and Bobby, but, uh, but like Peter, the had never directed anything. I I mean, had never, he never, made a super eight movie <laughs> nothing and, and and neither had bobby and so they were coming to this as you know the first day on the set the they they were like they said to the crew and this established a, a relationship with their crews from then on like we don't know what we this is a team effort we don't you know what you know we need your help we need all your expertise to make this thing great because yeah. you know and and they got everyone on their side instantly which is part of the the magic of their of, of how, what a set of theirs is like you know it's such a friendly thing um but 
Yeah, no, they had never made one before. So it's astonishing that they took, you know, we, they knew the script well, because we all wrote it together. We, we, you know, once you write something together, you see that movie's in your head. You you literally see it like a movie in your head that that you put down on paper. (laughs) Although, you know, things got cut and and we had to reshoot an ending. We had a whole different ending. uh, And then we had to go back and and reshoot the ending that's in it now, which is the best ending. Uh, Things like that. But it's it was just amazing that it, it, uh, you can you can make you can make you cannot make a good movie from a bad script. It is not possible. If you start with a bad, crappy script, it is not possible to get a good movie at the end. No. But, but it's no. very hard to take a good script and keep it good the way that the movie production sort of attacks all the, the realities of movie production attacks the screenplay and co- you know things have compromises have to be made so so yeah. things get worn down on it as it's going through that conveyor belt through the factory and right. so for it, for it to come out on the other side and be good takes enormous amount of fantastic artistic cooperation between everyone involved you know and so so anytime yeah. a movie anytime you see a movie that's good it's a freaking miracle nick it really yeah. isn't on the other hand there are a lot of great scripts that end up bad movies that get that. And it wasn't the intent. It wasn't, it wasn't that it was a bad script to start out with. You know, that's not the truth. You know, yeah. there are a lot of great scripts yeah. that ended up being bad movie, but a great movie is a miracle that it's a good script that went I through agree. the factory, ended up outside the factory. And it, and it, you know, that's, that's, they all need to be, they need to be celebrated, you know, yeah. uh, rather than like, you know, every, every year you got the Academy Awards and, and people like, within three weeks people can't remember what won you know nope. and i'm like stop comparing yeah. saying yeah. what's the best and what's the best just celebrate anything that's good yeah you know? that's the whole basis of our show great yeah. reality is to celebrate good movies yeah more. you know on the other side and, of this camera here i got a i got a big poster of casablanca yeah oh that's what's that that's right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good. Casablanca. Are they remaking that soon or something? God. The accidental miracle. Yeah, there, there was actually an intended remake in the end. Uh, we did a review of that in uh, about a year ago, I think. And um, there was a possible remake in the 80s. Madonna wanted to remake it. <laughs> All right. And, Stop right there. Madonna yeah, and Gilbert Godfrey. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I have the letters that transit. <laughs> You're gonna get on that plane. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have thinking for both of us. <laughs> <laughs> See now your head's just rolling through your head, all the possibilities. <laughs> God, Madonna. Oh, oh my god, is it that would be great? Oh, I know that thinking for both of us are gonna <laughs> come on the damn plane. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh. This is the beginning of a beautiful relationship. <laughs> uh, Gilbert Godfrey is Rick. Yeah. Holy crap. That that's, that's better than the Rick Sanchez one we had. <laughs> damn. You know, so. Some of the jokes in here that are absolutely timeless. Like, there's, there's one that I want to ask about, and it's one of the famous ones from the very first movie. Yeah. With an improv line where Jim Carrey walks out of the bar where he's got like the big fringe coat and the yeah. cowboy hat, and he goes, We made it to the moon. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Like, what was your reaction when you first saw that? I wasn't on set that day, but I, I remember that I, I heard about it right away, you know, uh, and, you know, what, what, what we would do is, or what they would do is they'd always shoot, they'd, they'd shoot the scene, they'd shoot the script, yeah. and then it was Jim. So they, they'd say, okay, let's, let's have, go, go with it. Are you thinking something else? And, and they, I don't think they ever said no, because why would you at that time? Right. And um, and I know that he found that that was on the that, that wasn't part of the set dressing that was actually in the bar in uh, Breckenridge, Colorado that we shot that scene. And he saw that, and so so he improved that. And I don't I can't remember whether he kept that a secret until he did it. 
but it was, I mean, it, it's like, it was obvious that's the take right. you're going to use. Yeah. I mean, so that was just, that was just a delightful providence, you know, that, yeah. that it was, so it was there. It was not, it was not in the script and there's, yeah. Thank gosh. I mean, you know, like, here's the thing you write a script, you hope it's good. You think it's good. You certainly hopefully have confidence in what you write, but then when you, when you start to add the elements of what makes the movie come alive, the actors, all the tech people, right. like, like it, when, people are, when people are doing their jobs, when they're good, when they're talented, all they do is just, they take that and they just make it better and better and better and, and it lofts everything up, you know? So your screenplay looks so much better out of the mouths of talented people and shot by talented people and, and, and sound and, and music by, you know, it's just, it's delightful that, but it, but it's a team effort. It's a team effort. I, 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 I never think I, I'm thrilled. I'm always thrilled when the, the talent does, contributes their enormous, uh, their enormous, I'm going to say contribution again, which is really lousy English, but, that's to me thrilling because yeah. that's what filmmaking is all about. Everybody getting together and, you know, you hear, you hear so much because it's good press about yeah. egotistical actors and egotistical directors and, 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 and things like that. And who are demanding and difficult and everything like that. And the, the reality is, I mean, not the reality, because there are some who are, but the best move, the best movies are the ones made by everyone by the best movies are collaborations. It's not an ego driven thing. And, you know, I like, I like that. I like that idea. And I mean, I really like that answer. I mean, it does seem like a lot of it because some of the jokes I don't think could have worked without Jim Carrey or Jeff Daniels. Oh, and gosh, they, no, they, no, they're, 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 they're so good. But he, you know, what's interesting is when Jeff first showed up, yeah. you know, when Jeff first showed up, the first couple of days, yeah. He was like on the first day we were shooting uh, some, some of the stuff from the snowman sequence. And so the joke with the, uh, the carrot and the, the, um, the acorns or whatever. Yeah. And we said, okay, so, so here's, you know, she's gonna, and, we, and he's like, God, I'm not, come on. That's like, he was hesitant. He was like, Oh my God, that's so stupid. <laughs> and the guys are like, yeah, welcome to the movie. And, and, and so <laughs> it was sort of a baptism. And I think, <laughs> I remember he, I said, like later that day, I saw him and he said, and, and this was an understandable, I, I, this is not meant to diminish Jeff, who is, I, I just adore, but he's like, you know, he's going to blow me off the screen. I, I mean, he's, he's, in, he's wild in this. I said, Jeff, technically you get all the big, the biggest laughs are actually yours. The biggest jokes are yeah. actually yours. Like the toy. So, so don't worry about that. And then literally by, by two days, he was completely, he got, he was immersed, got it. And then they, and they became such great friends and they, and they're still very good friends. But he was at first, he was a little worried that, that Jim, that Jeff was gonna, that Jim was going to blow him off the screen. Uh, yeah. And I, I remember telling him like, no, no, it's not gonna, that's not the way it is. <laughs> I mean, they, they really, it really showed that the chemistry clicked. Yeah. And it's and, all about I, the chemistry. Yeah. I, I, it really, really showed. And I mean, like some of the things like, like in Colorado on a motorbike. And I remember one on a moped, really. Yes. Like <laughs> the, the thing that me, I one my one of my ex brother in laws that made him laugh so hard is the fact that he trades in the van for a moped, yeah, and then you know ends up peeing on his back. <laughs> it's <laughs> hey, it's survival. It's a survival yeah. tactic, you know? <laughs> but it, it's the reaction. Wow, that's warm. <laughs> Like that, and they're frozen to the moped, man. Like, like I, I did, that's a perfect example. Like, like the, the cracking sound effect. Which, if that, if you took the cracking sound effect out of her, I mean, honestly, you could you could have done it, and you wouldn't have got a laugh. I mean, 
they would have gotten up together and you would have in your mind, you would have said, oh, they're frozen together. But yeah. that crack is the, I mean, sells it. And that's a perfect example of like the sound person, you know, adding just the, I mean, the sound people on this movie had a lot of, you know, like how, how are you going to do a toilet sequence like that and not like like every sound of that was was thought about and and, and other options tried and everything. By the way, you, I remember... Uh, when it came out that uh, Siskel and Ebert, yeah. Siskel liked it and Ebert gave it a thumbs down, but he said, and I thought this was the strangest thing. He said, yeah. this movie made me laugh harder. There's, he said, there's a moment in this movie that made me laugh harder than any movie I've seen in the last few years. I, like like that Ebert, or, or Sis, Ebert said that, and yet he still, he still gave it a thumbs down. And he said, but we'll keep watching Jim Carrey, we think, and then like a few weeks later, he said, you know what, I've changed, I, I, he kind of, on a broadcast, he, he apologized for giving it a thumbs down and gave it a thumbs up. And I think the joke was the, the, um, the pretty bird, to cut from, to the, like, like he says, you know, you sold our, our bird. hey, Harry, I, uh, I took care of it. And, and then the, the Billy in 4C is saying, pretty bird, that made him laugh so hard. And, and, and in fact, I, <laughs> I remember when we were pitching it to John Hughes. Yeah. Yeah. I remember this joke because Pete reminded me that I forgot this, that Hughes literally fell out of his chair when when uh, Harry, Harry says, yeah, he, his head fell off. He says, it has fell off. He goes, yeah, he, he was pretty old. And I remember, <laughs> I forgot this, but Pete reminded me that John Hughes fell out of his chair when we pitched it, when I, when I pitched that out loud. So I, that was very, very gratifying. <laughs> oh. Well, I gotta ask, how did the concept of Billy from 4C come out? That character getting absolutely, call it for what it is, tortured to <laughs> hell through the time I, I laugh every single time. <laughs> you know, I can't, I yeah. can't remember. Yeah. I, I cannot remember necessarily, but I'll tell you this. There's, there's just when you think about the joke, what makes the joke funny is the fact that he's blind. I, I mean, right. th that's like it wouldn't be funny if he was nearsighted. And got, like, like it's just it's it's the there's a certain such a black tastelessness about the fact that it's <laughs> a, he sells a blind kid a dead yeah. bird with the tape with the with the tent taped on, and, and it's just. I, I honestly can't remember how we came up with it, but we, we really enjoyed when we were doing the second one, we, yeah. we had all sorts of jokes we were going to do with Billy, uh, <laughs> what was going to happen to Billy and the birds. And, and we actually shot it, I think, way more graphically, like, yeah. because uh, like with bird carcasses and, and everything like that. I mean, I, mean, I, I remember when we were shooting it to try and get the, because I don't think it's in the movie, like, or maybe it is. Does the cat fart a feather like the cat that ate? Yes, the bird? it does. It does. Okay, it's still yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. But just to, to watch them try and like wrangle a cat to look like it's farting is you know is something you you haven't lived until you've seen that, Nick. So I can <laughs> tell. <laughs> comedy, you know, people say you can't get away with this type of comedy. This like I still believe you can, but well, it's just with who yeah. tells it and what you know how it's done. I think there are things that in, I think there, if we did Dumb and Dumber 2 today or Dumb and Dumber 1, there are probably things that would be changed just because now we're in a very sensitive, yep. sensitive time for comedy, you know? Uh, 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 and so there are things that, you know, and I, you know, I, I, I have the most obvious belief, which is that comedy should be pushing, you know, boundaries and, and it should be the one thing that, that, that is allowed to be bad taste. And if you don't think it's funny, okay, move on. It's fine. Yeah. Just, just keep moving here, you know, and, and, uh, and, but, but you don't try and cancel and cancel it because you're offended by it. And comedy is meant to be offensive. Like it, we wouldn't have, for God's sake, we, we, we wouldn't have the producers. We wouldn't have the great dictator, no. you know, no. if it was about, you know, push being polite and everything like that. It, that's the, it's the one thing in life that ought to be able to, push past the boundary and 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 if you if you don't think it's funny that's okay you're not it's not you're not your head's not gonna blow up it's not scanners yeah. you know 
And if you do think it's funny, then you laugh and it takes you, it gives you some, uh, some a relief from the from the cares of the day. Yeah. You know? Now I gotta say, with one of these, this is just me personally. The greatest thing of like there was, you know, when Harry met Lloyd, of course, but the greatest joke was the end of Dumb and Dumber 2 with the whole track on, you know, maybe Harold or Lloyd have a daughter. Yes. And, you know, perfect casting is an actress that kind of looks like Jim Carrey. She's got a little you bit know, of a bangy you know, thing, yeah. They go <laughs> again, and I'm just, I am going to spoil slightly, but <gasps> the ending result of it was the fact that Harold and Lloyd do not know what sex truly is. Yes. Because yeah. when we played with your boobs in a hot tub, it's, yeah, it's, I, it's, <laughs> I, 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 I'm going to say this on the internet, truthfully. I pissed myself. Like, I legitimately pissed my pants in the movie theater. And then we went to a TGI Fridays after, and I'm like drinking it. I'm like using it as an excuse just to put wet, you know, put napkins <laughs> in my pants. Wow. So I could drive home. That's the, that's quite a recommendation that, that this movie you will piss your pants. You know. Yes, it was a recommendation yeah. for TGI Fridays. <laughs> <laughs> that too. Yeah, yeah napkins yeah. that are piss. <laughs> it is that is. A, I have to admit that is a pretty. That's you know the whole thing where they're so it, they're so stupid that they don't even know quite but, what sex is. You know, <laughs> it's it's. Like, it's kind of consistent, but you know, with, with that is stupidity, you know, brilliant. Like, I gotta ask, how did that formulate? Like, because you got the the first movie where you got the road trip, and then you got the like the parent road trip, sort of a similar thing. It's the, wait, there were time, there were moments where Peter and Bobby, I would say. We're really remaking the movie, aren't we? <laughs> right. like, it, it is a road trip, and then they're going to end up at the convention, and then like like, uh, and it's it's ridiculous that that like we did recognize that that, that was I think we, well, we we liked hewing to it as you know they they made like yeah. me myself and Irene is a road trip and right you know like like they they the, well, the format well, is fun because it's so. Again, well, it's then, so comforting. As you said, it's a spine that you can hang a lot on. Very that, solid. Personally, I'd had no problem with it, but I think it was like, number one, where you're returning a briefcase. Yeah. And the second one where it's like, okay, is this our kid? I thought was a beautiful jump up. Yeah. You yeah. Know, like where, where it's like, okay, it has some stakes in it because, you know, they're trying to figure out their family and they're, they're older, trying to deal with life a little bit. So I'm like, okay, I'm like I, you got me. And it brought Freda Felcher back. It, it brought yeah. a reference to somebody in the first. By the way, my my, I have two sis, two older sisters, and my older sister's name is Freda. So that was, that was how Freda, where we got wow. Freda from, you know, from my sister, who is is strangely honored to bear the name Freda for Freda. You know, uh, uh, so. That's great. Comes from my sister. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I mean, oh man. Now all of this here. Um, there's a lot of great jokes and a lot of wonderful things. What I want to do to help wrap this one up, I have, <laughs> I have some fan fiction that I sent to you. Yes. I'd like to go through this with you if you don't mind. Sure. And. You know, I spent some time today, you know, myself and a friend of mine going through this and, you know, doing little punch-ups while we could. And I did some little bits of a modern-day take on Dumb and Dumber mm -hmm. a bit. And I titled this scene, Harry and Lloyd Figure Out the Internet. Okay. All right. So okay. I'd like to go through this with you. I'll do some narration. Um let me get it up here. Perfect. Okay. The setups for the scene. And if you don't mind, would you mind doing Harry and I'll do Lloyd? <laughs> All right. Let me. Okay. Hang on. I, I'm just reading this first time as we this go through it. This is the first right. time. And this is a spring, folks. But this is going to be kind of fun. And I said, you know what? Let's do this. And this is a scary thing, too, because 
You know, it's like, okay, I got I got the guy who created Harry and Lloyd. I'm like, okay, <laughs> let's see. You think it's scary for you, pal? Come on. It's scary for me, man. <laughs> so, okay. so, all right, I'm going to do the, I'll do the setups and I'll do, uh, I'll do Lloyd. Do you want to yeah. jump in? Let's have some fun with it, all right? Okay. Interior computer store in the day. Harry and Lloyd walk into a computer store marveling at the rows and rows of shiny computers and gadgets. Wow, look at all these fancy machines. Yeah, they're pretty cool. What's the point? We already have TV. No, Lloyd. These are computers. They can do so much more than just play movies. Oh, yeah? Like what? Like you can use them to connect the inter- to the internet. The what now? The internet, Lloyd. It's like a big network of computers where you can find information, play games, even talk to people from all over the world. I don't get it. Okay, let, let me show you. Harry walks over to a computer and starts t- typing. See, I can search for anything I want on the internet. Wow, that's amazing. How's it work? Well, it's really complicated, but basically we're using a web browser to access the internet. And then we can go to websites like this one. Harry clicks on a website. Catvideos.com. There's a cat on the internet. Wow. (laughs) It's a website where you can watch videos of cats doing funny things. (laughs) Oh man, that's hilarious. Lloyd starts clicking around and start watching cat videos. You, you know, there's more to the end of it than just cat videos, right? Yeah, I'm good. All right. Well, I'm going to check my mail. E- or my email. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Harry opens uh, up his email and starts typing. Wait, what's that? Email? It's like a digital version of snail mail. You can send messages to anyone with an email address. Wow, that, that's cool. Can I try? Sure. Let me set you up with an email account. Harry helps Lloyd create an email account typing. Dear Mr. President, I'm writing you to inform you I've solved world hunger. Uh, Lloyd, I don't think the president's going to read your email. Well, can I at least send it to my neighbor? Yeah, let, let's do that. Dear... Hmm? Billy 4C here. I'm writing you for me that I had an idea for the world's best grilled cheese sandwich. That's more like it. I'm an email expert now. <laughs> you sure are, buddy. Harry and Lloyd continue to explore the internet. They realize there's much more to discover, such as stumbling on social media sites, shopping online, even online dating. Oh, wow, Harry, look at this. I talked to people over the world and maybe just meet someone nice. That's social media, Lloyd. It's a great way to keep in touch with friends and family. Harry Lloyd starts typing. Hi, I'm Lloyd. I like long walks on the beach, eat spaghetti with my hands. <laughs> oh, you're going to get so many responses. I hope so. They continue to explore the internet and they come up with not so great things and find <laughs> such scams into cyberbullying. You know, Lloyd, we have to be careful on the internet. There are people out there who want to take advantage of us. I know, but there are good people too out there. You're right, buddy. And that's the beauty of the internet. We can connect with people from all over the world and learn new things every day. Yeah, it's pretty cool, but you know what's even cooler? What's that? Lloyd pointed to the screen, cat, uh, for the screen, cat videos. This girl messaged me about her post. Oh, Lloyd, you never change. <laughs> As Harry and Lloyd continue to explore the world of the internet, they realize there's always something new to discover. And they, even though they may not understand everything, they know the internet is a powerful tool that brings people together and makes the world a better place. Lloyd deletes the girl's message because she didn't have a cat. See, as they say. <laughs> there you go. Set it up. I want, you know, I keep wondering, A, if they're going to ask us to do another one. But, but I, you know, I'm not going to diss Warner Brothers anymore. 
I, I, I have mixed feelings about how I think that I think that, that I think the guys would do another one. I think I know Pete and Bobby would do one. And I think that, that I because Jeff and they have so much fun doing both of the two doing the two of them. I think, you know, it's all about their, their schedules and everything like that. But um, I think Warner Brothers just doesn't it, Warner Brothers hasn't even released a DVD a blu-ray or anything like that of, right. of, dumb, of the original dumb and dumber they have yeah. this terrible version that's like the like the uncut version that that's a re-edited version that we had nothing to do with we didn't have it's got right. alternate takes yeah. things that we didn't yeah. want in the movie that we can't stand uh but there's no blu-ray there's not even like the, the guys would have done absolutely done a commentary or or they would have you know let us sit down and watch it and tape it there's no, they've never pursued it, Warner Brothers. And, and so I'm like, you know, I don't know. I, th I think they, they, they don't recognize that it's exploitable, but who knows? Maybe next week they'll announce something and it'll be, a, it'll be news to me. You know? I don't think you would get like, you'd get Jim Carrey and uh, Jeff Daniels to do that. You can kind of, you can, uh, they, yeah. if they could do it with their schedules, they'd probably do it. If the script was funny, they'd probably do it, you know? Um, Oh. All those things. I mean, they wouldn't just sign on because, but if, if it was Pete and Bobby and, and it yeah. was our script, I think. The right team. As you right. Said. The right team. Right. And the right material. Yeah. You know, now, they were, they were enjoying it when we, when they really had a blast when we were shooting the second one. Now, would you have it, I mean, even like 20 years in the future? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's, there's so many, yeah. there's so many, I like, I mean, it's funny you mentioned he was right into the present. I had pitched to the guys like, like, let, let's get them to the White House. Let's get them <laughs> interacting in Washington into the White House. It would be so much fun to put them in that, in high society of Washington and also the political, the whole political, you know. Uh, but, but uh, yeah, because they, they contrast nicely with, with, you know, wealthy people and... and uh, <laughs> I'm just picturing, like, a... I, a Harry Dunn and Bernie Sanders conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, really. The cadence alone. You know, that'd be something we get. I understand your point. It's got to work. Yeah. I mean, the, the thing <laughs> about political, it's, I mean, because the problem is that we would, I don't think all, any of the three of us would want to be political, do political satire because yeah. politics satire you can't even do satire now because the most outrageous thing you can think of satirically happens so that's why the show uh veep which i loved they stopped yeah. doing veep because they said we can't we we were ahead of the crazy of crazy right. politics and now right. politics crazy events and things like that have out outpaced us there's no point trying to we can't we can't outdo it <laughs> so right. um, but I'd love to see the guys again. And yeah, I mean, I think you might as well play them 20 years later. You'd have to have a good reason to do it too, not just to do it, to do it. I mean, right, right. Uh, that's not a good reason to do it. But um, yeah, and already, what is it? I mean, it's it next year, it'll be 10, 10 years since the two came out. Yeah. That's a big gap. Yeah, I mean, if you had that, maybe having Harry and Lloyd race each other in hover rounds. <laughs> and there's a the moment you know it's you know it's fun is to sit down and start thinking about but i'll tell you one of the things that's that is painful about the writing process is that and pete and bobby like to do this but it, it, it is when you write yourself into a corner and then you think then you spend one week two weeks trying to think, think your way out of the corner and you know a lot of shows streaming shows have done this like like you know breaking bad where you're like how are they or or, or uh how are they going to get out of this and in order to find a solution that the audience can't think of you have to spend so much time thinking thinking sitting in a room and and discarding idea after idea it's just thinking for days and throwing out all your ideas, you, you know, you'll say, well, what if this happens? And they'll go, eh, no. And then the next, the next, and you just keep going till you find a solution. That's like, that's it, you know? And it's, 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 it's hurt. I remember my head would hurt, you know, at times with the plot. It was, you'd spend two weeks thinking about 
you're just stuck on a plot point. You can't move beyond it. But, um, but you know that you put all that effort in. You put two weeks of, of hours of thought of every day for two weeks. Well, the audience isn't going to figure that out. They're not going to see it coming either. You know, I mean, because they don't have the time spent. I still remember, I remember when Pete pitched, Pete was the one who came up with the, uh, oh, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to spoil it for anyone who hasn't seen Dumb and Dumber 2, but, but the opening of Dumb and Dumber 2, Pete came up with that. And, and we, I, it was just, he and I, we were, he has like a walnut ranch in Ojai and we were sitting on, I'm sitting on a bench and he was sitting on the, on the, um, just on the porch, you know, on the edge of the porch in front of me, yeah. the railing. And he suddenly jumped up and he, he just said, this won't, he went like, gotcha. Like, that's, all, like, that's all he said. Like he, he didn't pitch anything else. He just, and he left it for me to put it together. What was, he was, and I remember I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I, I, I left up and I went, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. It's the most brilliant, it's the most brilliant thing for a segue. I remember I leaping I to my feet. Like, like, and just, just like, Oh my God. That's such a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> it's the sale of it. Jim Carrey. Yeah. You know, full beard. And, yes. okay. you know, almost like where he was on some award show where he was dressed like Jim Morrison and it was somewhere in the mid nineties. And it was just kind of like, what the hell was that? Cause he wasn't taking any of it seriously. Yeah. Like sitting there looking almost catatonic and like, God, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, gotcha. Like that. Yeah. Oh man, that was brilliant. The whole thing is absolutely brilliant, man. And um, I want to wrap this one up, but just you know, pitch whatever you know, whatever you have. Um, <laughs> any of your projects, anything coming up, anything you want us to see, anything we should look out for, whatever, whatever you want. Well, it's 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 tentative in the sense that we're literally negotiating right now to sell the script and, and hopefully because it's being sold and because the strike the, the potential strike, oh, uh, yeah. it, it might get made this, this year if the strike doesn't, if, if there isn't a strike and it doesn't, you know, but, but uh, I, I wrote with another writing partner. I always write with writing partners because it's, I don't want, I don't ever want to write alone. It's the, it's gotta be the loneliest thing in the world. Just go into a room by yourself and close the door. That's not me. I like yeah. someone to throw things off of. I like the social element of, you know, your yeah. writing partnership that's your friend and you get to hang out with your friend all day and, yeah. and throw ideas around. It's so much you, as you know what it's like, it's so much yeah. fun. Yeah. Uh, so we've written a, a, a supernatural thriller called T traction uh, that is selling that that's, that's hopefully going to get made at the end of this year. And uh, it's good. It, it was, the intention was to write like a sort of a small, very scaled down, low budget thriller uh, that was set in like, like a, again scaled down and this is it's a really solid idea and it's scary and disturbing and unsettling and called traction so hopefully that will get made at the, toward the end like in fall awesome. yeah so keep an eye out for that and awesome. uh, yeah yeah that's great that's great hey bennett thank you so much man this uh, I have to do abs later because this was a great work. Laughing my ass off. This Thank you. Nick. And please, please, please go out and check it. If you guys, if for listeners, have not seen Dumb and Dumber, if you're our age and around forty and still man children, come on now. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it, really. Come on. And there's the. You don't have to apologize to anybody. You, you yeah. Just watch it with a friend. Watch it yourself. Just. Yeah. Go back to your your childhood, it's, your teen yeah. years, and, and uh, yeah, it I holds mean, up. You'll be you'll be amused at it how is, it holds. It all it really holds does. up. It is yeah. all just very much genius. It's still one of the funniest sets of movies I've ever seen, and still to this day. Thank you, Cody. You are welcome, and I don't sugarcoat any of that just because you're. Well, oh, you can if you like. I, I, uh, I all right. So, I mean, it's, <laughs> no, I'm not sugarcoated just because you're in front of me. In reality, I mean, this is it is so damn funny and all of it and you know i just if it's always something when i i'll end this thought for you before we wrap this <laughs> totally but i remember where i i i always said this when i was traveling somewhere and i was in kansas there's a yeah. bus that pulled up near me asked for directions i didn't live in kansas <laughs> I said, 
wait a minute, you're going the wrong way. <laughs> and it still, and I think in my head, I'm like, I'm going to give them the wrong direction just so I can. <laughs> yeah. Just so you can run after them and stop them. Bottoms, it was just, I'm like, I just yeah. always want, like, I'm like, here's my <laughs> moment. Like, this is, this is my moment to shine. And you'd hear, like, you know, like, Eye of the Tiger starts playing in the back of my head. <laughs> well, I, I, I got to tell you something. That, you know, yeah. when you, as a, screenwriters don't often get feedback. You just don't. And so right. it's, it's, it's always lovely. And not just for the, and not just for the ego, but, but, but it's lovely for, and I'll give you, this is why it's lovely for me to hear. Because when I was a kid, what I want, I fantasized about, I want to do something that would take people away from their cares, from their difficulties. Right. I, I, like, what, I don't know what that's going to be. And I started thinking, oh, maybe that's writing movies that I loved movies as a kid. Yeah. So then it became, I want to write movies. I want, I want to write something that will make people happy, you know? And, and, and so to know that I got a chance to do that and to know that my, whatever I put my efforts into over the years has done it is incredibly gratifying. It really, it, it's it, it's um, a really lovely thing. Yeah. It's exactly what I what I want. It's it's what I wanted to do. It's what I dreamt about doing. So to do that and to have that opportunity is, I, I realize I'm a very very lucky person, and I'm very yeah. grateful as a result of it. Very yeah, grateful to should, the universe. So be. so thanks for all the compliments and thanks for having me on. I had a great time. My pleasure, man. My pleasure. This is Benny Yellen, and may check out the Dumb and Dumber movies are available on HBO Max, uh, Amazon, and many other places as well. So, I mean, folks, this has been the Movie Theater Time Machine Lobby. Um, this one, my God, this, <laughs> this is a great one, man. It's great for me. Too. Right, <laughs> Thank you. Yourself, thanks, folks. Nick. Be good. Take care of yourself, but don't be too good. See y'all next time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right.